I want to share about healing the wound. Healing the wound. And uh, this week I was thinking a little bit about Joel and her family, if I can take the liberty. I'm married to her. I think it's okay. Uh, but I was thinking about me too, and I was thinking about wounds, and my heart got drawn to that. And I think it was appropriate given where we're at as a nation and as a people. And, and so a lot of you don't know, but about some of you do, about 57 and a half years ago, her father died in an airplane crash in Guatemala. They were missionary aviation uh, pilots and missionaries in Guatemala. And uh, at the time, Grandma was pregnant with her. And what I was thinking about this week is the way it wounded their family. Joel is the youngest of four. And so three were on the mission field with them. This is uh, 1962, you know, so they're trudging out an existence in Guatemala in 1962. Uh, it wasn't easy. And uh, now Papa's gone. Everything changed. The mission changed. Uh, they stayed on for a while there. Uh, and so the three older siblings were there. But the way that wound, and I was thinking this week about post-traumatic stress disorder. Is that right? That's, that's, I, I was thinking about that. I think the Holy Spirit was working uh, in me and on me. And that event affected their family. And, you know, so that was 57 years ago, roughly or so. They stayed on for a while. Uh, 56 years later, uh, here we are, here she is, the love of my life, still affects the family. We've all, we've all been through wounds or experienced wounds, injuries, trauma, uh, harm, damage. Uh, and it's interesting, you know, she, she was born and didn't know any better because she was still in mom when it happened but it still affected her. And the way it affected the family affected her. And it's still, there's still kind of a bruise there. Do you, you hear what I'm saying? Still kind of a bruise there. Thinking about my own life, uh, my parents were called to pastoral ministry. And uh, when they were called to pastoral ministry I was too young to I, you know I was a baby I was too young to know uh, anything about what all that meant right but fast forward into into our world you know uh, they got wounded a lot <laughs> they pastored a lot of churches in uh, Oregon in a in a great denomination amongst uh, some great people, but also amongst uh, a lot of hurtful people, damaging people, harmful people. They had some great experiences and they led some people to the Lord that they're friends with to this day. Dad at 88 years old. And... But they also suffered some wounds. Can I tell you something about those wounds? Uh, vicariously, they affected me. 
I was there. And I watched what churches did to my mom and dad, what people did to my mom and dad. I, I watched how they suffered. I watched how they worked. I watched what they went through. I watched how they weren't cared for, how they weren't supported. It affected me. And I would say, I'm pretty healed. There might still be a little bruise there. A, a bruise makes you sensitive should somebody hit the same spot again. Are you with me? I want to read to you out of uh, Luke 10, 25. So we'll have it up on the screens as well. Luke 10, 25. I think it's super apropos for where we're at as a church, as a people, as a culture, as a nation. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? This is Jesus answering back. He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart. So he's gonna summarize the law interesting Jesus said the same thing it's recorded in Matthew 22 37 so the Jewish people knew that they could summarize the law that's interesting and this rabbi teacher lawyer scribe student he summarizes the law love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. Or one, one translation says, and I like it better, he wanting to justify himself. Ask Jesus this question. And who is my neighbor? And so Jesus does something so profound. He tells the story of what now many of our hospitals are named after, right? A story that's become historically known throughout time as the Good Samaritan. And in reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. I, I want you to get the, get the picture. Um, This guy wasn't just stolen from, but I mean, it should have been like super obvious this guy was wounded. He's left half dead. This is the kind of guy that uh, Larry and Diane would get called to the call, right? Stripped, beaten, no doubt bleeding, left half dead. Uh, but, but look where Jesus picks it up. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, it's interesting. 
This is, this is interesting because a, a priest of all people, he's, he's called to represent God, he's called to be loving, he's called to fulfill all that we just heard, the law is summarized in. But when he sees this man beaten and stripped and half dead, and not until he sees the man, <laughs> he passes by on the other side of the road. Glory to God. Boy, God sure is good. <laughs> Hallelujah. Isn't that crazy? So too, verse 32, so too a Levite. So first we have a pastor, and then we have a deacon, an elder, a chief leader in the church. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. Jesus was pulling a really fast one. This was Jehovah Sneaky again, up to something really good, because, because Jews and Samaritans hated each other. They had a hatred that went back to 721 BC. They, um, but you might understand, or if you understood through study, the hatred was more from the uppity Jews than it was from the Samaritans. The Samaritans had been left in Samaria when the Assyrians invaded and some were carried off and some weren't, but in the process, those that remained in the land intermarried with the Assyrians and all who would come in with the Assyrians and so they became half-breeds. They became, in the Jewish eye, they became lowlifes, they became half-breeds, they became lesser than. And though they still lived or transvert, tra you know, they still were in the land together. And though, and you, you, you remember what was happening here is the northern tribe and the southern tribe were separated. And so there was commerce, there was ownership of land and property. There was the intermingling of one another. But if you were a Samaritan, if you were some kind of a half mixture of Jew with something else, then you were, you were greatly despised. And so this is Jehovah Sneaky working. He, He says, a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He had empathy. He saw him, the Bible says, he saw him with compassion. And he went to him and he bandaged his wounds, pouring oil, pouring on oil and wine. He bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And then he put the man on his own donkey, on his own mount and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave to the innkeeper 
and said, look after him. And when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense that you have. And then Jesus ends the story this way. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robber? And the expert in the law replied, and you'll note that he couldn't say the Samaritan. But he had to acknowledge the one who had mercy on him. And so Jesus told him, go and do likewise. The pastor and the elder, the deacon, the team leader, uh, they were kind of apathetic, weren't they? I, I thought this word apathy was really powerful. Instead of sympathy or empathy, apathy. You know what the word apathy means? It comes from two Greek words, and it, it, it comes from not feeling. A-pathos, not feeling. An apathetic individual has no feeling towards someone or something. rightfully requires sympathy or empathy. Speaking to our current events and where we're at, and I think God's got something in mind concerning this, we wouldn't stay on it if we didn't think God had something in mind in this. The murder of George Floyd opened up a wound. I think it hit a bruise. A wound that's gotten some oil and some wine over time, but maybe not fully healed, or maybe the bruise is still there. And I think it kind of varies from individual to individual, as well as a collective community. There's a tenderness there. It's a wound that's valid. It's a wound that's real. And it's a wound that also activated this, the last couple weeks, it's activated all sorts of, I think, crazy and carnal expressions. I'm watching Facebook, social media, as you are. I'm watching the news as you are. And sometimes I'm just longing for people to be quiet. Go back in the prayer closet. Because if something is getting stirred up, maybe before you type on your phone, before, before I type on my phone, if something is getting stirred up, maybe I need to go visit the prayer closet some more. Have you ever had to go visit the prayer closet? <laughs> Anybody in the room? Anybody online? Right now and at this moment, I, 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 I really had this come to me, and then I reached out and got it confirmed. Right now and at this moment, we might think that Satan has manipulated the moment. 
We might think that he's stirring up a race war. We might think that, that he's behind this. Or we might think that Satan has set an agenda for racial tension, separation, and divide. We might think that Derek Chauvin manipulated this moment and that he's, he's messed us all up. We might think that uh, George Soros has manipulated this moment and messed us all up. I, I, I don't know all that you might be thinking. But here's what I think. I think regardless of those players, we are not supposed to let them have the narrative. Regardless of those instruments of iniquity, we are not supposed to let them have this narrative. Because I believe that racial healing and the healing of this wound was on God's agenda. It was on his calendar this year. It was on his calendar this year. I actually believe that the narrative brought forth by the demonic realm has been meant to beat God to something that God was about to do. So as to be a spoiler, it's actually been meant to stir up and cause a harm to what God was about to do. And just because the enemy comes, remember what Jesus said concerning the parable of the sower? He said, persecution becomes, comes because of the word. Persecution comes. In the parable of the sower, we see Satan coming into a situation because a word came forth and he actually comes to steal the word harm the word or cause the word to land on hard soil or get the people distracted away from the word so that it bears no fruit, right? So I reached out to my friend Ruckins McKinley and I'm like, Ruckins, tell me what's going on. And he says, the Lord showed me this and he showed me this would begin in 2019. And he said, I'm going to rip racism out of our nation. And I'm going to elevate a people that he's been waiting to elevate. I keep saying and feeling that this is not about reconciliation so much. It's not so much about just equality or reconciliation. I think God's trying to get honor on a people. God's trying to get honor on a people. I mean, he doesn't want us just reconciled with them. He wants them so lifted up, so honored. And I, I'm just, wow, if that bothers you, you know where the prayer room is. Find it. Find it and get there. So we can't, we can't. Now, we typically don't preach according to Newsweek, Time Magazine, CNN, or Fox News. We, we typically don't let this pulpit get control, con, controlled by the current daily agenda, the weekly agenda, the news agenda. We just don't do that. But this is a God agenda. This is a God agenda. This is, a God, this is actually part of the revival that God prophesied. God prophesied a great revival that would bring a billion soul harvest
And we can't let the enemy animating that situation in Minneapolis or any other evil, unjust, impure situation. We can't let that keep us from seeing that this was, this was on God's calendar and we are going to be more determined. We are going to be, we are going to be more determined. We're going to be more in step with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We are going to be more on target. We're going to be more on track. We are paying attention. We are paying attention. We know what he's been saying. He's been saying, believe the prophets. Remember, out of Second Chronicles chapter 20, believe the prophets and succeed. Believe the prophets and win. Believe the prophets and prosper. And I don't know that we knew that the prophets were saying that I'm going to rip racism out of this nation. I'm going to rip hatred and injustice out of this nation. I'm going to rip dishonor out of this nation. Satan knew the prophets were seeing it and saying it. So persecution rises because of the word to steal the word, twist the word, pervert the word, harm the word, cause the word to fall on rocky soil, cause us to be distracted from the word so it bears no fruit. But Father has a word. Father has a word. It's a word of unity. It's a word of honor. It's a word of love. It's a word of healing. It's a word of restoration. And we need to decide we're going to walk with our Father. And it doesn't mean that your wound isn't important. It doesn't mean you haven't been wounded. He's big enough to heal all of our wounds. But He's calling us who are wounded. Do you know why the, you know why the healer is a Samaritan? Instead of the perfect Jew? Instead of the refined priest? Because Father is saying, you're a part of this too. You that aren't quite wounded, healed yet, you that still have a bruise in you, you that are despised, you that don't feel the best about yourself, you that you too, who have been harmed by life situations, you're a part of this. You're a part of this. You're a part of this. I've given you some oil. I've given you some wine. I've given you some denarii. I've given you something. Now go. Don't pass by on the other side. Go. Go. Find, find those who are wounded and be a part of their healing. For it is better to give than it is to receive. Pastor Paul, would you join me on the platform? We are so privileged to have Pastor Paul with us again today. Uh, this is Dwayne Sneaky instead of Jehovah Sneaky. Uh, you know what the sneaky part is? Yeah, you want to help me? I need help. I need fingernails. Glory to God. Uh, the sneaky part is that they haven't started services yet. And he told me that. And he should have never told me that. Because when he told me they hadn't started services yet, they're starting next Sunday. No, no, the 28th. The 28th, we actually have one more Sunday with Pastor Paul and his worship team are going to be with us. And so when Joel was preaching up here earlier, she was kind of preaching to herself. She's like, ah, 
You know, because to bring two churches together, to bring two churches together, it's challenging. And, uh, and there's got to be flexibility and there's got to be friendship and there's got to be trust. And we're developing all of that right here. And we rejoice over it. Amen. Um, so one more Sunday, we get one more Sunday with you and your team. Let's make it a good one. And it's Father's Day Sunday. That's right. Father's Day Sunday. Woo! <laughs> so those of you that weren't here last week or you weren't watching online, Pastor Paul pastors at Next Level Christian Center in Tacoma. And uh, I want us to have communion together. I, I, I want him to lead us out uh, in prayer. Would you stand all across the auditorium? Because then we're going to go back into worship. But I want him to lead us out in prayer this morning. And I'm asking that, that uh, every one of us will allow this parable of love to saturate our hearts. Oh, we're having more communion trouble up here. More communion trouble. Wait, we got wafer trouble. He needs a new wafer. And his wafers, his wafers have torn partial wafer honey we only have part of the blood of the body of jesus right here i need the whole body i need the whole body thank you thank you would you take your liberty for a moment and just talk to us about what the lord's put on your heart what he's saying to you right now and then i i, I want you to lead us in taking the bread and the cup together First of all, thank you, uh, Pastor. If you love your pastors, can you make some noise real quick? Come on, let's make some noise for Pastor Dwayne and Pastor Joel. Wow. Some beautiful people. I certainly enjoyed Pastor Joel today. What an anointing that's in this place. Do you guys feel that? Such a sweet spirit. And it's an honor and a privilege to be here, here with you again. I brought my praise team and some of my media team, and they're here with us at ne from Next Level. Thank you so much for joining us, and I'm not going to be before you long. The, the word has already gone forth. Um, I thank God for the woman of God over here that prayed for me during worship. I said, I love this church. Y'all are not afraid to lay hands on anybody and speak a word of insight, amen, and prophecy. Thank, thank God for her and, and to my friend over here, my buddy, my guy right here. Bless you, sir. He has a word. He needs to talk to you after service. This man right here, he has a word, I promise you. It's, he did. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that powerful? Oh. Sorry, y'all. Can you come real quick? Can you, can, I want him to, to share real quick. He stopped me right over here and he said, Pastor, I got to share this. Can you share with the body of Christ? Yeah. Last Sunday, uh, when Pastor Paul was preaching and teaching and, and um, you were giving a prophetic word over our pastors and, um, and the Lord just spoke to me and he said that in unity, there's immunity. Come on. 
in unity there is immunity and i i sat back and i began to think about that this week a little bit i haven't had a chance to really develop this thought out but then the holy spirit began to say you know what that there's immunity from racism there there's in unity there's immunity from racism in unity there's immunity from hatred in unity there's immunity from destructions of community come on in unity when we walk in love the holy spirit has torn the veil the things that have separated us god's saying come on people of god i want you unified because i've got a greater call for you on your life than than what you think and you're discounting yourself if you're wrapped up in riots and in protests and in all these things that if you're distracted then the enemy can use that distraction to keep you separated so today I didn't come up here to preach so I gotta give it back he doesn't know me so he's like hey the guy the you know that little guy over there that no one knows come up here so anyway but in unity there is immunity come on give him praise come on let's give God praise for him and I'm just gonna pray we're getting ready to take communion and I want to share something with you real quick that I share with my church communion is not for perfect people as a matter of fact the Last Supper represents a dinner or a feast amongst imperfection there was 11 men who had issues who had problems as a matter of fact he had his last supper which was what we're getting ready to partake he had the last supper with a guy who was getting ready to betray him communion is not for perfect people it's for imperfect people who are striving for perfection Every day, we're striving to be better. Every day, we're striving to be a little bit more sanctified than we were yesterday. And so, it doesn't matter what you did last week, even yesterday. God's grace is sufficient. So, the scripture says in 1 Corinthians, let a man examine himself and let him eat and drink of the cup and then it says but if you eat and drink unworthily you cause damnation to yourself you know what that scripture is really saying it's saying that if you don't believe that he is the son of God if you don't believe that he is the Messiah if you refuse to believe that he's the king of kings and the Lord of Lords it's unworthy of you to take this but how many are in this room that can say I am an honest believer that Jesus Christ is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings and he died for my very sins then you can take communion today is that all right now do you want me to pray father right now we thank you for this opportunity we thank you God for every soul that is represented in this place today every race every nation every gender we thank you, Father, for unity. We thank you for the word that even went forth. That in unity there's immunity, oh God. Thank you, oh God, for, for cleaning us out. 
purging us. David said, clean, clean me out, O God, and purge me with hyssop. Thank you for cleaning us up, Lord, our minds, our, 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 our attitudes. Thank you, God, for changing our, our behavior, our demeanor towards other people. Thank you, God, because you're changing us. You're changing us for a greater good. And we thank you, God, for the body which was broken for us. Your body was broken on that cross. It was bruised so that we may be healed. We thank you for the blood that was shed on Calvary. The blood that will never lose its power. The blood that washes us whiter than snow. And now, Father, we thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may take the bread. Likewise, he took the cup, gave it, and said, Take, drink, for this is my blood, the New Testament. You may drink. Can somebody give God praise for the cross? Come on, the body that was broken for you, the blood that was shed for you. Somebody make some crazy Holy Ghost noise in this place. 